Hi, everybody, and welcome to Unstoppable Truth. For 33 days, the world watched. Crossing every province and territory, thousands of trucks came to a stop in Ottawa. What if there was someone documenting this? What if they were to put it together in such a way that would show the rawness, beauty, and heart that captured everyone's attention? I want to welcome one of the directors of the documentary series called Trucking for Freedom, Jeremy Regato. How are you? I'm doing well. Great to be here with you today. Thank you so much for, for doing this. I've wanted to have this interview for a while because this series is incredible. I know you guys have worked, you and your team have worked really, really hard on this. And I truly wish that more Canadians would uh, be able to watch it. It is absolutely incredible. I do want to take you back, though, Jeremy, to the beginning of this whole pandemic. And what was your, just talk about your views on what was really going on in Canada and in the world. Yeah, I think um, back at the beginning, I think we were all very concerned uh, uh, for the the state of the world, the state of Canada. Um, I know we all cared about uh, healthcare and, and making sure that uh, people were proper, pro- properly protected from COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Um, it became pretty apparent uh, well into this, that there was a lot of uh, coercive government activity happening, mm-hmm. um, that we were being gaslit, uh, numbers kept on changing, um, and we were being promised as a society that, oh, uh, once 60% of us are uh, vaccine- vaccinated, then uh, we'll go back to normal. And then as soon as we hit 60, it was 65. As soon as we hit 65, it was 70. All of a sudden, it's 90. And it's like, well, I agreed back at 60 to get these vaccines because you told us that at 60, we'd be protected. <laughs> and that was not the case. That unfortunately was not the case. So what was your response to that when you started becoming aware that we were not only being lied to, but like you said, being coerced and manipulated into what the, the agenda has now become for all of us? We can see it for what it is. Yeah, what was think- your response? Uh, my personal response was just uh, n- non-compliance. Um, I I ended up getting both vaccines, uh, figuring that I would be one of the few or one of the people that that pushed us over that sixty percent mark. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as I realized that we were being lied to, uh, I stopped using that card. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, walked out of anywhere that demanded it. Uh, uh, complacency and and compliance is. Uh, is what got us into the the trouble that we ended up in. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> We're seeing that even more now, just people, you know, kind of being okay with what has happened and being aware that we have been lied to and really not wanting to do anything about it. It's a problem. So then um, let's now talk about the freedom community and the freedom movement because it became big. It was big even in the beginning for a lot of people. They could see that we were being lied to and this was not normal. So there were rallies and there were lots of things being um, like presented to all of us. We could go and watch and listen to people speak. Uh, what was your perception on the freedom movement when you were starting to become aware of, of this pandemic? Uh, the, to be completely honest, when it first started, um, I turned a, a blind eye. Um, I've never protested anything in my entire life. I, I think my, my uh, political views should be private 
Uh, I don't need anybody else knowing what I believe. I vote a certain way and, and I don't think we should be influencing each other uh, the way that we've seen over the last, yeah. the last few years. Right. So, so personally, I wasn't overly for it um, until I started realizing that uh, we were being pushed and swayed so hard another way uh, that it actually called for uh, a stand for freedom. I never wanted to be involved with politics. Mm-hmm. I never wanted to be involved with going to the doorsteps of the parliament building mm-hmm. to say, hey, give us back our rights, uh, because that's absolutely what it was. Um, but, but alas, we ended up being forced to. I mean, it was crazy to really see and think that we had to take it to that length, right? To be able to go to these rallies and, and um, you know, make our voices heard. And it, for a while, it didn't really feel like anything was going to come of it until we saw the trucker convoy. What, how did that convoy impact you? And was it immediately that you felt like you needed to be a part of it? Or mm. was it watching it start? And something clicked for you and your team. Actually, we got word of it uh, uh, before it had started. Um, Andrew was in BC, uh, called me and said, hey, I heard there's supposed to be a group of trucks that are going to be driving across Canada to Ottawa and they're going to protest these mandates. And, um, And he said, it could be really cool to film, to capture. Uh, I don't think I know anybody crazy enough. Uh, so I called you <laughs> to see if you wanted to go with me because I figured you'd be all for it. Um, and in all honesty, I probably wouldn't have been all for it uh, uh, if it wasn't for him and, and watching uh, how he had suffered uh, because he did not get vaccinated. Um, and we were working together and, and I was, and a number of my friends were not vaccinated. And at that point in time, they were treated as a, a second-class citizen, mm-hmm. um, and that wasn't right. And and it was, it was not the the uh, drive to go to see it, but it was, I would say, justice, a, a sense of justice in my heart for the people that were being mistreated, um, and it wasn't right. And uh, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to support my friend. So that that to be to be completely honest is the reason that I went was to support people like Andrew. Uh, or or other friends that um, that were being treated uh, as a second class citizen. Was you were you, sorry? Were you and your team aware that majority? I from what I've heard from some of the truckers, a lot of them anyway, were vaccinated. They were all aware that this wasn't about the anti-vaxxers or the people that didn't want to get the vaccine. Versus the people that were vaccinated, they were doing this because they knew that this was wrong. That they could see the agenda weaved in all of the the narrative, and so they were fighting because they knew that we were losing our freedoms. This was the beginning of that. Were you were you and your team aware of that as well? Oh, we were very aware of that. Uh, yeah, and and it and it just goes to show how much the media was lying at that point in time. Exactly. Because the the reality is that the the majority of people that were traveling across the country, and I, I don't like we hit the roads and we were expecting a couple trucks. Um, what we saw spanning the truck line spanning the length of provinces uh, was was wild. It was hundreds of kilometers long. 
Um, and as we started interviewing people and uh, getting to know people in the community, we started realizing how diverse this community was. Um, they were uh, they were called uh, white nationalists, Nazi, whatever group, uh, hate group, uh, anti-vaccine. Um, and that's not what we saw. Um, unfortunately, there may have been a couple people that gave a bad name, but the reality is, is that we saw um, Sikh groups. We saw, uh, we saw um, uh, people on the side of the road of, of every, every ethnicity, um, every belief system, mm-hmm. uh, uh, every political system even. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just people that wanted to get back to being able to live their life because mm-hmm. life is short and life is precious and time was being stolen from us. So many of us participated in the local convoy after the big one went through our towns or cities. And we were so emotional about it. Like it was, there were tears for days and just this feeling of like, someone's got our backs. Major, major relief as an Olympic athlete. It was one of the most patriotic things I've ever witnessed and been a part of. How did you guys feel when you were actually there? Because I know when you're, when you're working and you're in it, it you not, maybe sometimes can't take in the emotion of it, but were you guys really emotional as you're filming people and interviewing people and even just filming the whole convoy itself? I would say no. Um, no and yes. We saw the emotion. We felt the emotion, um, but we were there for a purpose. And we realized very early on that, this was our job mm-hmm. was to chronicle the events that were happening out there because uh because because the 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 media groups were not going to and that became very apparent to us and we realized that we had a, a really important job mm-hmm. and above and beyond that the truckers had a, uh, a, a an incredible weight on their shoulders they were going away until things changed mm-hmm. um and they were not coming home it it felt like uh in the least violent way possible, they were going away to battle. Um, but they were going away to battle with peace. Mm-hmm. It was, it was beautiful. Uh, and I, I have to admit, we were all moved to tears many, many times. Um, but our team knew that we were there for a, a job and, and that was to make sure that everything was accurately documented. Because you don't want to have a bias position on it and you didn't want it to look like you were, you know, going against the government per se you just wanted to be very factual and get great footage to show the people above and beyond that actually we didn't want to be influenced by uh by uh any uh any narrative uh and we actually lost a lot of funding um because we didn't want to be influenced by any narrative and that 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 comes from sure uh we didn't want to be influenced by uh, government and media that's that's the obvious um but we also didn't want to be influenced by a lot of the uh the quote unquote freedom groups um we didn't want to tell a specific story we wanted to tell the exact story that we saw and not a lot of people actually buy into truth when they realize that it doesn't benefit them yes let's talk about this sponsor thing how do you even go about getting sponsorship because we know how difficult it is when we're trying to put out content of truth and it's not necessarily our us speaking about it. It's us getting other people, you know, talking about their personal experiences. And it's really, really hard to have financial support. How did you guys even go about that? Um, we started with crowdfunding, uh, but 
because we knew that it was illegal to donate to the uh, the Freedom Convoy, um, we put up on our website uh, an opportunity to buy film credits. So it's a purchase. Um, so people could buy film credits. They could buy uh, different products that we'll be sending out shortly. Um, and uh, and then above and beyond that, there was a, a couple people that we did step into uh, groups that we did step into partnerships with. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but they were definitely interested in us leaning the story a certain way. And uh, we had to say no. And, and here we are. Um, and we've shut down the, uh, the sponsorship opportunities on the website. Um, and we've decided as a team that we are proceeding with the expenses on us. And it's very costly, um, mm-hmm. but it's important enough to us to, to, to play it out that way. Uh, because the reality is, is that we're not making any money off of this. Um, this isn't made for today. This is made for 15 years from now when people are looking back, wondering what happened. Uh, and there will be an accurate, beautiful, artistic story that people will be able to watch and, um, and, and learn about what really happened. This is the hard part for me, Jeremy, because it's, it's, very, very, very well produced. Um, the footage is incredible. It's emotional to watch. And yet I know many, many people that haven't even heard of it because the mainstream media won't talk about it. And this is the, this is the really difficult part for, for many of us that are trying to put the truth out there and we're speaking out. Um, and you guys putting out such a, a great series how does that make you guys feel? Like, I know you talk about how it's for 15 years from now, but I know that you also are passionate about being seen and heard. So how does that make you guys feel right now that it's kind of, it's not that it hasn't been, it just, it should be on Netflix, for example, to me, it's that good. Mm -hmm. But of course, if you approached a mainstream media outlet, they won't even touch it. Well, the reality is, is that, Lies over time are seen through. Um, truth remains constant. That's why shows like yours are important. Um, and I think that we are accurately changing the way that, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's hard to say, to be honest, because in Canada we have new censorship laws. Um, but the reality is, is that if you look at the latest polls, um, the government that put those laws into place are not looking so good right now. And I believe that, I believe that, that God allows for balance mm-hmm. in our world. Mm-hmm. Um, and when uh, one force is exerted, there's an equal and opposite force that comes into play. Um, and we, we do end up in a balanced society and it's just a matter of time and how that plays out. So, um, so yeah, sure. It might be censored today, um, but the reality is, is that I think, I think that people will be hungry for the truth and are hungry for the truth. And the more that, that, uh, um, uh, organizations like our current, uh, federal government, uh, lie to people, the more they'll realize people will realize that government is lying and they'll, they'll start to question mm-hmm. everything they've ever heard and start to dig deeper into everything they were ever told. Mm-hmm. And I think this story is meant for not, I, I don't want to push this on anybody. And I think that's, that's our whole, t- uh, our whole team's heart. Um, this story is for people when they're ready for the story. 
I like that. I like that a lot because everybody's awakening is different. And even when you are waking up, it is really difficult to, you know, <laughs> hear all this new information and, and find out that you have been lied to. It's, it's really, really hard. It was hard for me. And I know that my community feels exactly the same way. Mm-hmm. I want you to talk a little bit about when you guys were there and, and share some of the stories. Mm-hmm. Um, if they haven't seen documentary series, like just share some stories, just quick stories of things that you saw that just really made you proud to be a Canadian. Mm. Yeah. Um, I would say the, the, the first thing that I saw that the first time I was moved was driving across the country, all excited. Everybody's, everybody's excited. Um, but the amount of people that gathered on the side of the roads to encourage and support, I mean, it was cold. It was like minus 30 degrees Celsius outside. (laughs) It was freezing cold and people are waiting outside all day long. Uh, Little kids, um, Hutterite groups, uh, people that going through Saskatchewan, Manitoba, these farmers that don't come out to support anything. They're they're self-sustained to see that level of support that we were getting. And, uh, and then I guess to, to counterbalance that the, the other thing that, that I think motivated us and made us proud to be Canadian was seeing all of this and seeing how much support, but also seeing, okay, our, uh, our Canadian broadcasting uh, uh, organizations are censoring this. Like how, how is this not the biggest thing in the news? Um, So, so, I mean, I think, I think it was really amazing. And what really made me proud to be Canadian was actually seeing Canadians and, uh, and realizing that everything I'd been watching wasn't necessarily the truth. When we got out to Ottawa um, and they were telling, uh, the, the media groups were telling uh, the public that it was uh, a couple, a couple dozen trucks. It's like, well, no, we, we brought, <laughs> we brought, I was, I was with Thousands. them as we drove across the country <laughs> and it was just one, one, uh, just one tour of trucks. Like they came from everywhere yeah. and congregated. Um, and to say that there was, only maybe a hundred trucks was, was asinine. It was, it was absolutely crazy. Um, so the, the amount of support that we saw, uh, and, and then I think, I think the world became a whole lot smaller. Canada became a whole lot smaller when that happened because I'd never really had a great, um, connection with, uh, French Canadians. Um, uh, a lot of Canadians think poorly of Americans, but the reality is that th- there were Americans that were driving to the border to support Canada and the French Canadians were there holding our hands, flying flags side by side, Alberta and wow. Quebec, yeah. uh, singing and, uh, hugging and, and crying. And, um, and it was, it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. And it was so crazy to see that again, contrasted with CBC pointing their cameras the opposite way at something that was not even there mm-hmm. and everybody's behind them is saying hey point your cameras over here mm-hmm. look how beautiful this is look how peaceful this is look how look how uh, people are cleaning up the streets the city's never been cleaning the cleaner the 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 crime rate has never been lower why why is this not our headline you know um so i think what made me really proud to be canadian was that that canada wasn't what i was told it was um, and I got to see what Canada really was. Do you think though that, because being, again, being an athlete and traveling, Canada has always been so loved and respected when we're traveling through airports and, and whatnot. And people speak very highly of Canadians, but even within our own country at times, there's this 
rivalry or this, you know, we, we can't agree on things. And then there's a lot of backlash that comes from that. And then here you are in Ottawa seeing all kinds of Canadians from, like you said, every ethnic group and every religion and every kind of person come together. This is the most Canadian that I've, I've personally ever witnessed. Like, I just think that that, um, that was so important to capture. And I just feel like our, our media really failed hugely, but obviously they, they didn't want people to see this because then they would see how many Canadians thought alike. That's true. And, uh, from an international standpoint, um, I'll say this, um, Canada is known as a a peacekeeping nation. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I'm incredibly proud of Canada's history, especially during, uh, world war one and world war two. Um, Canada was the only group that was able to take Vimy Ridge, for example. Um, and that, that was, that was something that was impossible. So I think it, it showed, but then there was a gap. There's been a huge gap since, um, where Canada has just been, it doesn't really stand for anything. We don't even have our own food. Like if you go to a it's different true. country, we don't have Canadian food that you, you don't go to a Canadian food restaurant. Uh, and unfortunately, without that, that sense of nationalism, um, we lose something in our society. And, uh, and there's a saying, you, you have to stand for something or, or you'll fall for anything. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I think that's what we've been experiencing. Um, and the Freedom Convoy was the first time that, uh, that I was able to see um, Canadians really stand for something and how strong and powerful mm-hmm. that can actually be. And I think the way that Canada was formed was independence that were that were standing for for something they they came here to make a a name for themselves make a home for themselves all of north america was like that um we have a a really crazy history for sure um but i do believe that uh that the people that were coming over uh wanted um wanted a chance for uh, an independence of some sort. Canada sort of, well, Canada didn't really get the same independence as the States got. They, they're, they were still British. Um, but, but this is a, this was a really cool experience to be able to, to be able to see Canada stand like, like what I assume without all the violence, because there wasn't a whole lot of violence uh, as, as something like Vimy Ridge. It was beautiful to be able to see Canada stand for something and remain peaceful mm-hmm. even when they were being beaten and mm-hmm. uh and tear gassed and uh forced out of the streets uh in front of the parliament building which we filmed as well this is amazing do you agree that god's presence was there as well we've heard this so many times even from people that didn't have faith and we're not talking about religion we're talking about a, a sense or a feeling, an overwhelm, overwhelmingness of that, of that God's presence there. I can't speak for everyone um, because I think this is like a, this is a very um, personal, personal question for anyone mm-hmm. to, to be able to answer um, with their own discernment. Um, but myself personally, I can, I can say that I felt the spirit of God there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can honestly say that you don't get that many people together to with all of all all similar minded all peaceful all uh um uh, and then above and beyond that just like the the this 
it was almost like there was like a spirit of freedom that flowed in the streets. And I, to me, that's what God is. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, it was, it was beautiful. And I, I can't tell you how many people came up to me that said, I've never prayed. I've <laughs> yeah. never believed in God. And all of a sudden I do. Um, so I think, I think it was almost, I think it was almost like revival, like a, like a, um, a revival of freedom mm -hmm. in a land that uh, freedom was being starting to be uh, snuffed out. Mm -hmm. Well, they say truth wins, love wins, God wins. And this is what we could see from our, from our social media pages, because obviously we couldn't watch it on the regular TV stations, but um, Jeremy, let's talk about what's next. I know you've got lots of footage. Um, what you've produced already is absolutely incredible. As I've said, what's coming for all of us to see. Yeah. Well, we've got, uh, we've got two episodes of trekking for freedom that are available. Um, it's, it's being, uh, shared around, uh, um, through, uh, a couple different outlets. Uh, we encouraged everybody to share it as well. So it's been shared around, you can find it on YouTube and everywhere, but the best place you can find it is, uh, www.trekkingforfreedom.com. Um, we are working on a final episode. Um, we made a decision as a team to, uh, to not let off on quality, um, but also not kill ourselves to produce it because it takes a lot of time and energy to create something that is going to be timeless. Um, so we have a, uh, an internal deadline to release the, uh, final chapter in November of this year. Oh, that's so exciting. Uh, so yeah, we're working on it currently. Uh, we have been working on it. We, if for anyone that doesn't know, um, we, when we were on the road, we put up a website as we were driving across the country that people could drop their footage to us. Um, and we received hundreds, if not thousands and thousands of hours of, uh, of footage from, uh, from everyday Canadians. So uh, even just sorting through that footage is uh, is a large chore, um, and then pulling the best content out of that footage uh, to use in this piece is a even bigger chore. Um, and but we have a we have a really beautiful story. We have a great way to um, to present it. Uh, we've already done all of the interviews. Uh, we already have all of the B roll, and we're just editing and uh, putting serious intention and time into making sure that it's perfect. It will be perfect. Yeah. Like the first two. This is so amazing. Jeremy, thank you so much to you and your team for all your hard work and effort. We know, I know personally, because I've been a lot of a lot, I've been a part of a lot of pro produced shows and it is incredibly draining and um, just like you said, financially, emotionally, and physically. So thank you so much to you and your team for doing this because I truly believe it will be a part of our history moving forward for our children in schools. They'll be watching this. It'll be part of their curriculum. I mean, we can at least hope for that, right? Absolutely. So thank you very, very much for, for all of that. And I appreciate you being here today. Yeah. I appreciate you having me here today. It's been great to, to chat with you and, um, and yeah, we'll, we'll have to meet up again when we're ready to release. <laughs> I, I can't wait. And I know our viewers can't wait too. Of course. Thank you. Thank you. God bless. For more interviews like this, please go to canadiansfortruth.ca. Have a great day.